Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome. Welcome to the Cult of the Collective Commentary. Featuring Dave A.C. Six Factor and Al Four. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Colton Collective Commentaries. Yes, we're off with a bang into another episode of Life on Mars. But before we get to that, what are you doing fiddling around with my car there, Dave? I was just looking at, uh, through these uh, pictures at your front seat. Lorraine Kelly. Didn't yeah, know you liked yeah, it. I, 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 I didn't know those were still there. <laughs> like, what are you doing in the back seat? I don't know, but I think we're going to have a blast on this commentary tonight. Oh, that's oh. probably not a good pun. Oh. No. People would be get pretty irate about that. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, it's always an explosive mix with us and alcohol, you know. Yes, there is, yes. I'm allowed to joke about it. I'm Irish. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yes, in case you haven't got an, enough explosive clues, uh, we're talking all over the top of Episode 3, or Dave? Episode 11. <laughs> of no? Life on Mars. Is it 11? Can't count. Me neither. <laughs> 8 plus 3 is 11. Hey, I got it right. Oh, <laughs> university, here I come. Oh, there you go. Well said. <laughs> all right. Since we can all count in this room, let's uh, count in to pressing play. If everybody has their official BBC copies of Life on Mars, Episode 2, no, episode three, season two, episode 11, score one, three, eight, five, two. Then we'll begin. You know, we've only done about 75 of these. I think we're getting the hang of it now. I know, yeah. It's all well planned and scripted. Lies, all lies. All right, gentlemen, are you ready? Indeed. Ready to go. All right. In five, four, three, two, one, play. Grundig Radio. I did have a similar one to that in the in the bakery. It's like you know that none of these you know stereos or nothing. It had this tiny little radio that we get the, and you could barely hear anything on it because all the machinery was going in the bakery. You know, mixers <laughs> are going and everything. Well, I thought he only had one room in that place. Yeah, this is a little bigger than normal. <laughs> oh, back to the Open University. Brilliant. Uh, it's it's like we knew this was coming. Oh, yeah, she's actually uh, now the rector of Dundee University, the university my son went to. Now, does she take over doing this show, or what's the the reference? I think it's because uh, this was done in the mor. They didn't have morning TV when this was on, and oh, Lorraine Kelly did morning TV. Okay, you you know you're having a bad morning when your radio is talking to your TV, <laughs> <laughs> arguing actually. Right? Your TV's arguing with your radio. <laughs> it's a bit like that. Battery's not included. <laughs> And then Sam takes part in the argument. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, oh, I heard you arguing with someone. Are you de- are you decent, Sam? <laughs> I'm just having a conversation with the telly and the radio. <laughs> mm, there's some geometric shapes for you. Oh, dear. 
the uh, the interesting thing is, uh, uh, as I said at the beginning, I'm allowed to. I'm Irish. Uh, a lot of you know that I'm born in New Zealand, and that's the main reason is because uh, the troubles in Ireland. My parents decided to to, to leave Ireland um, for a safer place for their uh, kids to grow up. So, yes, that's how uh, I'm actually Irish, but was born in New Zealand and blah, blah, blah. Irish parents. My brothers are both Irish as well. They were, uh, I think my brother Alan was about three or four when, when they moved to New Zealand. But, yeah, that was the whole reason why my family ended up there. Yeah, and, of course, we're, uh, you know, obviously at this time we're in, we're still in 73, guys, are we? Moved to 74 now. Yep, both series of Life on Mars take place in 73. Well done. So, yeah, it's, it was not until 75 that the IRA agreed a ceasefire. That was in February 75, so uh, we're a good uh, while away from that. And these sort of alerts and uh, things certainly went off. Because perhaps the one that most people know about was the Manchester bomb. And where's Life on Mars done? Mm. Manchester. I was only a year old in 1973. Yeah. The only thing I gotta say is, is, is Ray Carling's got amazing eyes. <laughs> no, if you, if you look, he has got quite stunning eyes. Well, hey, at least they're not in the in some back street with you know weeds growing out of the bricks, and <laughs> they're actually <laughs> in a fairly nice to, to do area. <laughs> Ladies, oh, bit of chicken going on here, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Oh, Ray, why are you oh. so easily goaded? It's all going to end in tears. It's all fun and games till somebody puts an eye out. Yeah, uh, Manny, having said that, when I said that, oh, good heavens! Uh, I did mention the ceasefire, but of course, I should mention that the the the, the big bomb in Manchester actually didn't go off till 1996. Mm. So this was something that was ongoing and got worse in parts. Thankfully, uh, that's all behind us now, and. Uh, we're back to the ballot box and... Yep. Oof. Anyway, we're firmly in fiction here, so let's keep it that way. Quite a gripping opening to this. Normally we're Ooh. used to, you know, a blag or something like this. This is... uh kind of turned the heat up, pardon the pun, on this one. Well, Boom, gets there he goes. Time. <laughs> gets him every time too <laughs> you'd think after all these weeks getting hit by that carry move out of the way <laughs> that's the kind of joke my mum would use watching TV you know like the, the cat on Coronation Street you think think after all these years somebody get that cat in <laughs> yeah ah uh, parents I mean this was I mean it says here Manchester uh, was the target of earlier IR bombs uh, a man was in prison for 15 years in 1975 for placing two fire bombs in Manchester city centre in 1973 and 74 so this is uh, you know taking contemporary events into the uh, into the storyline although I must admit when I first watched this episode I was a little bit surprised that they'd actually covered this aspect mm. of life I mean, it is a bit of a risk, but uh, I think it works. From what I can remember of this episode, you know, mm. it's been, you know, a couple of years since I've seen it. We're still not friends, then I take it. Mm. <laughs> No, no folding money going in no. there. <laughs> oh, 
Ouch. <laughs> he had folded stuff. Yeah. She go he goaded him into it. Yeah, he's she's not he, I mean he's not getting any later, tell you that much. Ooh, oh blimey, Ooh. felt that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this episode was written by Julie Rutherford. This was her first episode, I believe, that she wrote for this. She went on to write a few episodes of Ashes to Ashes and episodes of Hustle. And she hasn't done much beyond that, beyond uh, Teachers and Shameless. Oh, so, Teachers... Teachers is an excellent series. Uh, very, very good series. Of course, they they did it with the teachers being worse than the kids, more juvenile than the kids. And uh, I know another thing too, but I'll leave that up to you as far as talking about the director there, uh, Mike. Yeah, I'm looking at the director too. Go ahead and talk about him. Mm. Yeah, Richard Clark directed this episode. It's, uh, he direct, directed this episode and the next episode, episode 12. <laughs> oh. oh, how they come up with those episode titles. Yes. Yeah, I also notice he directed some Doctor Who, Gridlock, Lazarus Experiment, The Doctor's Wife, Night Terrors. Ooh, Doctor's Wife. It's like a three, great job there. Three of, three, of, three of my favorite episodes there. Gridlock, Doctor's Wife, and Night Terrors. Wow. Lazarus Experiment, not so much. Well, I think that was just spoiled by the the monster, really, yeah, the CGI monster. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Mark Gatiss was in that, wasn't it? the one where he yes. started, and he was excellent in that. Foreshadowing, he's actually done quite a lot. That was his his first return to acting, wasn't it? Really, uh, he he was mainly into writing and documentary, and st well, not documentary, but I think that really got him back in the acting bug. And of course, mm. we've seen him uh, on Sherlock recently again. Oh, oh, Gene. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh. Tread carefully, Gene. Never. Yeah. <laughs> That's always the same with did one get one of their own hurt hurt. Oh dear. <laughs> Politically correct, this is yes. not. That's probably such a guilty pleasure, I suppose. Oh, yeah. let's have a look at all the posters. Oh yeah. You <laughs> 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 shouldn't laugh really. Tonight I'm partaking in a uh, a BV Coastal Estates Merlot. Ooh. Puleur Vineyard. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really enjoying it all that much. Well, I've got a lovely wine. It's uh, another of my Naked Wines wine, an Angel's Reserva Shiraz by F. Stephen Milliner. Hmm. 2010 from California, would you believe? I'd believe that. 13.5% and very, very spicy Shiraz. Mm. 
Mmm, spicy. That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll let them check it. Yeah. Insufficient data. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, would you mind explaining that one, Dave? <laughs> no, I think I'll... <laughs> but surely Bassey, I think he would. Oh, I know who surely Bassey is, but Enoch Powell, I'm not sure sure on. Oh, uh, uh, he had a famous speech, Fire and Brimstone. He yeah. talked about uh, Rivers of Blood speech. He was talking about immigration in the UK. Um, so, uh, obviously, a very fiery politician who didn't mince his words. But he wouldn't... Ha uh, of course, the thing was, the inference there is, with Shirley Blass Bassey uh, being a, a black uh, singer... He wasn't necessarily uh, racially prejudiced in himself. He just felt that the imposed immigration was going to, um, you know, result in a in, in things boiling over at some point. Right. But the thought of him actually going out, perhaps with a black singer, was unlikely. Mm. Mm. Chief O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh. That's uh, Beatrice Kelly at the door there, playing the landlady. Oh. Uh, just completed work on a supermarket girl. Was uh, also been in Candy Cabs, Heartbeat, uh, The Visit, and she's got uh, she's the been Go an awful lot. Uh, uh, Oh, including the last of the summer wine. Yay. Love that show. And uh, two episodes of Casualty. Oh. Casualty. Yay. All's oh, right with the world. Exactly. Back to the smoky pub. Mm Here's some music in the background. No doubt that will get referred to later. With any luck. I've sent to the... Oh, yeah. Washing across the street. That's a bit... yeah. I don't think that was quite happening then. Really? Well, across yards maybe, but not across an actual street. <laughs> Let's get in amongst the leprechauns. Now, the thing is, with windows like that, that's probably got a preservation order on it now. Mm. A beautiful angel on the window there. Oh. Mm. Huh? It's uh, Brendan McKay playing O'Brien. Brendan's uh, also been in uh, Touching the Void, uh, Paintball, Nine Dead Gay Guys. I'm oh. starting to sound a little more Scottish than anything else, but uh, <laughs> what do you do? He's uh, also been in The Bill, uh, Silent Witness. Always in Everyone. And, of course, Casualty. That's another mention of Casualty. Three episodes, <laughs> Mark, you. Three episodes. One or two-parter as well. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Phyllis. Go get in there, Phyllis. Uh, now, just let's think. When do we, did you say when this aired? Uh, Tuesday, the twentieth of February, two thousand and seven. Blimey, that on four and six of March on BBC One. Crikey. That's nearly five years ago. I can't believe it. Mm. Oh, I know. Back when you were, what, 25, Dave? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Barely out of university. Yeah. And then, of course, is uh, Peter Wright on the screen there. He's been in quite a lot of uh, a lot of films, etc. Uh, he's in Babel, Hot Fuzz, Atonement, and Pride and Prejudice. Oh. Uh, coming up, he's uh, going to be in the uh, TV series uh, Titanic, which TV? we've uh, made mention of before. Ah, oh, right. He shifted. <laughs> is it my imagination or is the language even uh, roarer than usual <laughs> oh I don't think he'd write him in his own handwriting, do you? That's more traceable back to him. A bit pinky. Pinky and perky or something. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> it's from a Irish song, isn't it? <laughs> Choke on your own porridge. <laughs> but again, we're right. Oh. Oh. Code word, he wouldn't know that by then. <laughs> oh. The Three Ships Pub. Hmm. Oh, got... All right, start searching. <laughs> I was cut the red wire. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's not coming up with anything, is it? Nope. Manchester Ship Canal's what I've got. <laughs> You're not colorblind, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yep, no pressure here, Sam. <laughs> Already died once. Oh, so you always cut the red wire. Everybody knows you cut the red wire. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it was the red one. <laughs> hmm. A oh. bit from the start of the episode there. So it is thinking skills being damaged. He field road. Ooh.
something the way you're talking about it? See, I can do it if I'm trying. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> well, looking at that street, it's all developed now, so it's either been developed or it's not the right street. Mm. A school there now. Yeah, you're right. I'm looking at it since. Yeah. You just say road and not street, didn't you? Well. Huh? That was, well, I it just said Heathfield, I think. In the pub. Oh dear. That's quieting him down a bit, hasn't it, poor lad? Mm. My namesake, well, <laughs> my, my lookalike sake. Yeah, there you go. I told you that story before. Mm -hmm. I think you're right, Mike. I think it was you that was saying, um, although... In Ashes to Ashes, uh, some of these other characters got more developed. I think we're already seeing development with uh, with, with these guys now. Do you not think a little bit? Yeah, as I was saying Ryan. last week, it's it's really this episode right here is where they really start to become more than just background characters, especially with Ray right here. Right. Great episode for Ray. Of course, Nelson. Sad episode for you know, all of that, but still. Yeah. That's a depressing room. I mean, oh, oh my god, made me jump. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Reminds me of a warm up exercise for theater. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my. 
never look, <laughs> never look at a test card again. The same. Because <laughs> they, they don't use that one yet, but the, for the BBC HD, they use um, a, a very similar image. They've got you know a girl that looks the same, and, and they've recreated it in many ways. Well, I didn't realize they were they still had the test card since you know TV's on like all the time. You know. Uh, well, in the UK, we have the uh, BBC have the BBC uh, One. HD channel, but they have a second channel called BBC HD, okay. which is going to become um, at some point BBC Two HD. But currently, it what they use it is a showcase channel for things from BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Three, and BBC Four. But in the afternoon, um, they use it to run tests, so you can um, like for about half an hour a day. They'll, in fact, they've been running 3D tests on it as well. So then you go into an actual, yeah, so you can actually, for about a 20 minute, half hour, as the sound clapper going and it has the, um, as the screen. Mm. Right. In a bad way. Oh, yeah. He's looking at those that are wearing Kelly photos again. Yep. <laughs> Bollocks. <laughs> is steel. Oh, dear. Ray? <laughs> what are you doing, Ray? Yeah, Ray went off in the back seat. <laughs> I love, I love, I love the look at the the the, the upholstery of the back seat there. <laughs> it's just all torn off and. <laughs> oh, yeah. look at me! Yeah, someone could get hurt. Yeah. I think this is the same building they must use for the mortuary. It's got that same tiling on the walls, isn't it? Mm. I think actually this might be in Gorton. I think they have a they have a boys' sporting and boxing club in Gorton somewhere in Manchester. I'm not too sure whether that's a very similar looking building. Jeez. <laughs> and that's when the fight started. <laughs> it's like a John Wayne movie. Right, go that oh. way. Of the old building, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm assuming it's all. I mean, the tile looks the same. I'm ah, swimming baths. Hey, no, it's it's the swimming bath. I, the oh, I swear that's no, I swear it's the swimming baths from Sherlock. Is it not? I was just they, they had those blue lockers down the side. Oh, it could be actually. Where did they film mm -hmm. uh, Sherlock? No, that was London, wasn't it? Oh. No, they don't film in London, I don't think. Because he shouldn't, he shouldn't have actually been back at work, should he, of course? Mm, no.
a lovely building. I hope wherever it is, they've, they've you know, uh, restored it because it just looks gorgeous. Right, let me see if I've found... Oh, that's a new one. I put in the sports centre, but they've, they've obviously built a new one since then. Mm. It was the sort of place where young lads used to go and, and box and, uh, and train like that. Right. <laughs> My mum loves Cliff Richard. She loves Cliff Richard. but still yes. so bloody good oh no thought I found it but it's not So was it's taking too long to check that out while uh, while the story's moving on. Right. Oh. You might not you might have hit on something there, Dave. Um the location for the morgue is Victoria Baths near Heather Sage. Right. Um uh, yeah, it is. It's the same place as the morgue, Dave. You were bang on. Uh huh. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, I mean, looking at the pictures here, it looks it looks very much like that. Yeah, the, the pool that we saw, there was a second-class male's pool. The second-class male's pool was uh, 25 yards long, but only 35 uh, feet wide. The changing cubicles in the pool had no doors and curtains, and it was not unusual for boys to swim naked. I think, yeah, they're usually 15, yeah, 15, 25 long and 15 wide, aren't they? Something like yeah. that, yeah. It's been used, uh, the location's been used for uh, uh, Prime Suspect 5 and oh, City Central. Yes. Uh, more recently, has been used for, for Funland and Life on Mars. And also, a Barry Gibb album cover. I remember the Prime Suspect 5 with a, with a swimming pool in it. It's where they find one of the bodies, I think. Yeah, if you if you go to uh, if you're interested in finding out a little more about the location, uh, they do have a, a website. 
victoriabaths.org.uk. They have panorama pictures and uh, and everything that you can scan around and look. You have a nice little uh, look around at it. Dissension in the ranks still, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, it, uh, on Internet Movie Database, it actually lists it as being the uh, location for the morgue. Right. Yeah, it definitely had those same green tiles. I mean, right. not that they were. I mean, they were ubiquitous at the time, but uh, most of the buildings that had them will have been knocked down by now. Right. It's a lovely building. It's a lovely looking building. Nice atmospheric music. I don't remember this before. Very good. Mm. Oh dear. Summit's up. It was open, honest. <laughs> <laughs> the door was just unfortunately locked. <laughs> yeah. I think it's oh outstanding fourteen thousand. That's a lot of money for those days. This is what nineteen seventy three. I started work in nineteen sixty nine. My my income was eight hundred and sixty pound a year. <laughs> um, if you got to the top of your your salary, it was uh, sixteen hundred a year, which is what thirty pound a week, fifty dollars. Fifty dollars a week was a top wage, wow. and I was on eight hundred, which is what. Let me see if I can work that out. Ooh. <laughs> I made a jump. Another <laughs> 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 way she delivers that, just like, <laughs> like she don't care, you know. <laughs> Does not give a. <laughs> yeah, but hundred dollars, a hundred dollars a week. Don't sound a lot now, does it? Hundred dollars no, a week. It does not. So I realize I'm a bit slowpoke here on the uptake here for Frank Miller, the name, uh, for two accounts. Frank Miller, of course, a graphic artist, you know, the Watchmen, Three Hundred, etc. But also, Frank Miller was the name of the the main bad guy in High Noon, the, the western that Gene has a poster for in his office. Ooh. Ah. And also the, the 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 bomb in this episode is set to go off right in the middle of lunch hour, which is high noon. So That's... quite an interesting way of sliding that into the episode there, writers. Yeah, it's a bit like that film Usual Suspects. <laughs> where you know where you, well uh, without spoiling the film for anybody, where some of the clues are on the wall. How's your wine going down? Have you started to enjoy it yet, Ian? Yeah, it's probably because I'm just getting drunker. 
<laughs> I probably right. wouldn't buy it again. Let's put right. it that way. Right. Well, I've been pretty lucky these last two drinks. Although that wine I drank on my uh, V-blog, uh, I ended up pouring it away. I was disappointed with it. If only ever yeah, done that with I was about water. to ask about that. Yeah. I've only ever done that with one with one bottle. I've only ever poured one down the drain. It was um, it was red wine for people who don't like red wine. It was basically sweet, fruity, you know, like Ribena with alcohol. Sorry, you don't know what Ribena is, but I do. You? Black oh, black current like a black oh, currant cool. drink with yeah. alcohol in it. Megan loves Ribena. I introduced her to Ribena, and she loves it. Uh, we can actually get it here at. Uh, Usually have it at Publix. Hey, I'll it's tell you expensive, what. Though. I'll tell you what, Ian. If you really want a treat, because mm. it's hot where you are, aren't it? Uh, if you, if you, do, you, do, you, do they sell uh, moles for ice lollies uh, in in the states? I beg your pardon. Moles. Moles. Uh, moles. Where you make ice lolly shapes, like spaceship mm, yeah. shapes or whatever? Make a Ribena lolly. They are fabulous. We used to do that at home. We used to have the, the the actual ice block shapes and put sticks in there and everything. Um, oh, yeah. And the thing is, when you got a cold, there's nothing better than hot Ribena. Oh, absolutely. And another great ice uh, ice lolly is um, Vimto. Can you get Vimto in the States? I don't think so. Vimto lolly is fabulous. What we used to do when we couldn't, before we got moles, we used to do it with ice cubes. You know, get a toothpick and you make fruity ice cubes and you just put a toothpick in it while, you know, in the water. Mm. So you've got like a little ice, a one inch square ice lolly on a, on a, on a toothpick. Right. It's the poor man's solution, that was. I've just uh, found out that it's not the same location that Sherlock was filmed in. Right, that was probably uh, London. It's in Bristol. It's a uh, the uh, Bristol uh, Leisure Centre. Oh right, Bristol South Pool. Yeah, I've got a feeling we've seen this location before. Isn't this where they've had the few shooter ones where they've been running around a factory? Hmm. They had it last week when they were talking to that boss when. Uh, you know, in front of that doorway, and he was saying, you know, no fancy sets. Right. And the other one when they had uh, that gunman holding uh, in Series 1. Mind you, look at what we're talking about. I mean, Doctor Who, they reuse the sets week oh, in, yeah. week out. The Temple of Peace. Yes, used yeah. it so many times. I mean, the Temple of Peace has become a recurring character in Doctor Who. <laughs> that in the National Museum of Wells. <laughs> yes. Mm. Oh, and the, the Millennium Center as well, crying out loud. Oh, yeah. God, yeah how many yeah. times have the corridors in there been used? Just <laughs> Yeah. Just light it blue this time. <laughs> what let's go with the, the big yellow tint. Yeah. Uh -oh. Or let's have them be as blank as possible. Yeah. We haven't actually had that much. I mean, we've got music now, but I mean, in terms of... Uh... No, not a lot of uh, tracks in this one. No. Oh. Bit too serious, I suppose. Yeah. That's right. Fire a gun off. That that won't set the uh, bomb off. No. Ooh. You see, nowadays Ray would have been suspended for six months from that shooting. Oh. Right. And we're just coming up on forty-seven minutes. Just a bit of a time Ooh. check there for you. Well done. Forty-seven you. exactly. You're welcome, sir. Anything I can do to help. Have we heard the, had the ratings on this one, Dave? No, because if uh, if uh, you guys remember, it's very, oh, yes. very minimum uh, things on Series 2 for some reason. Hmm. Well, it's not us being... Uh, oh. oh. 
Well, actually, I've come across an audience figure. 4.8 million viewers, which is a low for the series. It is low, you're right. Oh, yeah, charming. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Boss, this is not helping, says Ray. Okay, it's his head, love. I'd like you to get into something of mine. <laughs> oh dear, I'm awful. But you like me. <laughs> I just love all the locations they find for this show. I mean, just the atmosphere they've got in this. Yeah, I'm just reading on Wiki here. Um, during an interview, uh, John Stalker, who was the Deputy Chief Constable of uh, Greater Manchester Police in the early 80s, and himself a detective in 1973, stated that the depiction of the police has got nothing to do with real policing in the 70s. It could not be more inaccurate in terms of procedure, the way they talk, and the way they dress. All the time I was in CID in the 70s, I never saw a copper in leather bomber jacket, and I never heard an officer call anyone gumf. Actually, there were a few police officers in London who started to behave like Regan and Carter in the Sweeney, <laughs> but that was a case of life following in art, not the other way around. Mm. I do wonder, though. I mean... I'm sure it wasn't exactly like this, but I'm sure there was a bit of truth. Then it's again, just... the whole depiction, of the way they operate here is to go along with, is Sam in a coma? Is this just a figment of his imagination? It's exactly. to go along with that whole idea. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, uh, they used to show these things in, in, in like the Sweeney and things like that. And uh, you gotta you got to wonder where some of these ideas come from, you know? No, is every cop like like Gene? No, but I'm sure there were a couple. Yeah, and the, it, we've mentioned this before. I mean, the last series, we, Dave was mentioning how uh, how the, the police force doesn't isn't multi isn't single single track in the way they solve cases. They're always always working on multiple dozens of things at once, not right. just one single case like we see on Life on Mars. Mm. I, I've just uh, link, uh, on this page, the wiki page I was reading from, uh, the, the, there's a link uh, to, you know, uh, uh, the East Manchester town of Hyde, you know, uses FAM's, Sam's former police division. So I clicked on the Hyde, and the first thing I come up, primary schools, it's got my kids' primary school listed there. <laughs> you know, unbelievable. I knocked over the bins. Love it. Well, have I? <laughs> have I? That carriage lamp on the door looks a little too new. But I don't know. I mean, it's supposed to be from the 18th century. <laughs> no, but it looks it looks like a, a, a modern yeah. knockoff of a carriage lamp. <laughs> well, you can't hide everything. No. It's too else. I mean, the thing about England, which is, you know, blowing our trumpet a little bit, I mean, it is a very multicultural country. I mean, you know, different waves of people coming over in the 50s, the 60s. The, mm. the I mean, the, the Irish coming over, uh, I mean, they were brought in to, uh, you know, for a workforce for all the canals and railways and things. Right. And, and all the, I mean, 
I mean, I'm not saying that England is perfect by any means. There's still lots of cultural tension. But in many ways, we're very, uh, very multicultured. Yeah. The only, I mean, yes, you are. But uh, the thing is, not without some resistance along the way. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean even, it's even evidence looking at the BNP, you know, that, that still exists. Mm. Well, I mean, here, that... here, here's another prime example there. It's like, where are you yeah. going with that TV? Yeah, but the, <laughs> but the point is, they they've moved into that street. You know, it's. Um, I, I mean, the the. I think the food's probably answer. I mean, uh, you might want to tell us a story about curry in a minute, Ian. But um, mm. it was the very fact that I mean, the national food of UK now is supposedly curry. Yeah. So, what's your little story about curry? Oh, my mum's always made a curry. Um, I, I think it was odd that you know I found out that uh, people in New Zealand basically didn't eat curry. Um, and, uh, now my wife makes it and nobody around here makes a curry, you know, I mean, in New Zealand, you can find a, the odd curry house, but it's an odd thing. Um, and what about young children in your house? Oh, oh, Megan made a curry tonight and it's the first time we kind of let Callum just, we dumped it on this little tray and, and let him go for it. And, uh, he was shoving it down like you wouldn't believe <laughs> he, he just loved it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so for me, my upbringing was it was very much a British, well, an Irish one. Um, <laughs> That's right, Philly. <laughs> Sorry, swipe him over the head. Oh, drinking some whiskey. Ooh. Eight <laughs> <laughs> uh, track. Hey, that's an eight track. Yep. You know, go, I mean, you might not might need that explaining. Basically, what it is is a, a cassette. Well, if you know, if you know it, it's an actual tape cassette. But in actual fact, it's one continuous loop. So if it plays for an hour, it goes all the way back to the start, and that's why it's called. Uh, there were the 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 track. There were eight very very narrow tracks on it. So you had basically uh, something like a a five or ten minute loop of tape that would go around eight times and then start again. They had them in yeah, cars and everything sorts. Go on. It's kind of that that forgotten transition between vinyl to cassette tapes came yeah. kind of in between there. But we, we you kind of talked over an ironic comment there from Gene saying how oh. the pub is the one safe place the IRA would never touch. Oh. Of course, a year later in Birmingham. Yeah. Sorry about that, yeah. I think the the people who actually made eight track work were actually DJs because they'd have all these like jingles on them, uh, and you know they could put it in because it was a loop, um, and obviously they'd have the jingle on it twenty or thirty times, but they never had to turn the tape over because it would right. you know, it would always go around. Yeah, I remember my oldest sister's first car had an eight track player. Oh <laughs> right, they still used. Uh... Uh, cart machines in radio stations for the longest time, mm. which are probably based on the, the same technology. You know, yeah. it's the end. I can't believe it. Where's the time gone? Oh, I know. Because I mean, you never had to rewind anything. You just yeah. put the card in, and then you'd hit play, and it would play it, and then you'd take the card out, and that was it. Mm. Um, but now that's everything's everything's computerized in radio stations now, where you just hit a button and and, and you play something. Um. Or a Gaffer. mouse click, even so, you know. Gaffer Brian Jones. I thought he played for. I thought he was in a Ooh, a, a group. Goodness. Brian Jones. <laughs> Production at Julie Scott. Production Matthew Kant. Marcus Wilson. Matthew and next Graham. Next time. Oh, next time. <laughs> oh. Hey, we're up. Whoa. <laughs> Woo. Uh. Uh. <laughs> oh. Boom. Looking good. Looking good. Yes. Annie at a key party. Hello. All right.
before we get any further the track listing yes in this episode we heard how can it be for uh, how can i be sure from david cassidy the big spell by audience hellraiser by sweet poor old island by uh lindisfarne and when the city sleeps by berkeley james harvest yes short list this week indeed yeah not a bad episode um nice to see a big a big special effect in the opening there uh, really kind of grabs your attention sticks your butt to the seat and say hang on let's you know you're going to want to watch this one um have to agree with mike this is this is ray's episode in a way even though you, you didn't see him an awful lot it's it's a great little episode for him um and well acted too um but yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to talk too much you know, because we keep saying the same things. Bloody good episode, this. Bloody good episode. Again, I, I, I'm always in awe of British drama and especially the use of location filming uh, and not being stuck in you know, a, a studio, which in the past, you know, uh, especially having watched Doctor Who, you know, a lot of stuff was done in, in studio. But we always seem to get some lovely places, uh, just street locations too in Manchester. I mean, and Dave keeps going. <laughs> no, don't look that bad. Don't look that bad. But it's it, it, it is great that they can just go out because it just adds so much more that they can be standing on the street corner that looks. I mean, whether they plaster the walls with something and then take it down when they're done, or you know, you know, put some undergrowth around. But it just. You know, the brickwork and and everything, and and then being in these little basements with with pipes and stuff, and, and being in the baths, I mean, it just adds so much to it. Dave. Well, yeah, uh, I do remember. I did have a little concern when I first watched this. I do remember that I, I was wondering whether uh, having, you know, the contra- controversy of talking about the IRA and bombs would sort of. Uh, throw it into sort of controversial area rather than keep it in what is um, basically a a rose-tinted view in a way. Now, you might think, rose-tinted view? What is he talking about? It's all swear words and gritty back streets and bed sits and that. But, I mean, rosy grow in terms of, uh, you know, people are watching this saying, you know, at least they seem to have a lot of freedom in these. You know, they can smoke in a pub, they can spit on the street, they can call a girl a tart. Uh, the, 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 the girl can wear a, uh, you know, a miniskirt, and um, they can all get plastered down the pub. You know, Friday night, and uh, in some ways, it was. Uh, a collective freedom in that. I mean, on the other hand, you had to conform. You know, if you didn't follow, you know, if you lived in a certain street and you didn't follow the same football group as the rest of the street, you perhaps weren't so free to choose. And there were dress codes, you know, uh, certain groups belonged to certain dress codes. But there was no doubt about it that this was the backdrop backdrop of uh, what was going on. So, in a sense, they, they, they didn't, sort of sidestep the issue and they integrated it into it so I suppose kudos to them for doing that oh you clever boy David it was produced <laughs> by kudos <laughs> yes yeah. see what I did there so yeah. um, uh, no so with that slight reservation of should they shouldn't they include uh, the controversy of uh, bombs and IRA uh, a, a really good episode very scary bit in the uh, again with the uh, that girl from the TV still freaks me out when she's on my piss and so on. Lots of nice little witty and uh, well th- there was some great, great, great uh, almost unrepeatable phrases in that one uh, seated deeply in what seems to be realism even if I uh, read that quote from one of the uh, wiki pages that policing was never quite as brutal as that. It was certainly how people believed it to be you know that uh, if there wasn't evidence that evidence would turn up so uh, i'm happy to hand over to mike now mike there's not really that much i have to add from what dave said there dave pretty much said everything i had planned to say and just (laughs) going on there it's uh, you know as i was mentioning there towards the end of the commentary how this of course it's it's not an exact realistic representation of the the police of the, the police force and the actual procedures it's mixed in with with the whole idealized uh, entertainment view of how things worked it's to sort of carry on the the mystery of what's actually going on with sam is he actually back in time is he 
actually there living this or is it all just part of his imagination while he's in a coma is it all just a, a, a fantasy that he's living out there and beyond just that there there are a lot of instances and in, in, in all those location on on on, uh, on location filming that they use where if you look carefully in the background if you freeze frame you can see a lot of satellite dishes and all sorts of modern day equipment in the background because uh, you know as i said you can't hide everything there are always details that you can't hide. Exactly. So, but but yeah, this episode right here, it's, as I mentioned, is a great episode for Ray. You know, it was a, Dean Andrews. His performance there in this episode was just perfect. It was it was just a great performance there, uh, and you know Ray really starts to become a character here through the rest of the the series, and. Uh, just beyond that, we had the as Dave said there. We've got, we've had this episode focuses on the on the the IRA and the whole bombing and on all that. And it was interesting how that would, you know, in the anticipation of once you, you know, when this episode aired originally, there were all those trailers and such, that, you know, leading into it. How are they going to deal with that in this? And they did it quite well. Although sadly, as I mentioned there with the ratings, not that many people tuned in. Sadly, mm. only about. Just under five million, so not as high ratings as they usually got, but still great episode. Exactly. All right, I'm actually looking forward to. I mean, it sounds bad. I'm looking forward to getting to the end of this because would very much like to have a, a bit of a discussion between the three of us um, and incorporating the ideas from uh, ashes to ashes in our in our roundup discussion, really of of. Uh, of the end of life on Mars, because I think it, it, it does put it tends to put a different spin on on how you watch that. And uh, for those of you who've been with us since uh, episode one of series one, you'll know we've been kind of guarded on our opinions of that. Um, in case you haven't actually seen Ashes to Ashes uh, all the way to the end, so uh, look out for that once we're done with the commentary for uh, series two. And uh, yeah, join us next week when we'll be talking all over the top of episode four slash 12 of series two. So until then, it's goodbye from Mr. Randall Thor. And it's goodbye from Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the sixth doctor. Goodbye, everybody. I thought we were going with Lorraine Kelly, but you know. What were you doing in the back seat? Posting something about Terraria. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.